Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Hip Hop Heads Podcast HQ. Up in this bitch. Yeah, yeah, came back with another motherfucking episode for your head top. Want to thank y'all for tuning in to our last couple episodes. If you haven't checked out the album reviews, go check them out now. I'm gonna let my man Trey say which albums those are because I can't think of them right now. Because niggas smoke too much weed. <laughs> those album reviews were Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Oh yeah, and the Brat Functified. And the Brat <laughs> Functified. Oh fuck, Functified. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> we out here. Man. It's all good. It's all good. But we yeah, out. we out here. Welcome back, and then welcome to the show for all of our listeners now on the G Radio. Appreciate y'all tuning in. What's up? Thank you for tuning in, and shout out to G Radio for keeping us in the mix of things. So thank you, man. Thank you, thank yes, you, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's go ahead and get started. How we usually do them episode things. You want to yes, go ahead and start off with these topics, bruh? Let's do it, man. Uh-huh. Look, man. Let's just get this motherfucker out the way, just because we don't want to, you know, give this motherfucker too much light. But you know, we gonna bring him on to shit on him. Look, we gonna bring him on to shit, shit on this nigga, and we talking about motherfucking six nine. Yep. I mean, I'm sure at this point you guys know this nigga released the album last Friday. Okay, so you know what that means. We got album sales to fucking talk about. All right. So. Before this shit fucking came out, even him, academics, and a couple other people was like, "Oh, he's gonna sell 300k. He's gonna he's gonna outsell Uzi Vert. He's gonna outsell Big Sean because Big Sean also released on the same day." True. And let me just say one thing: if there's one thing what I'm about to say proved right, uh-huh. is that music is still number one in hip hop, and the, the bullshit and the fucking buffoonery and all the clown shit that be going on. That shit comes and goes. This is a perfect example of that. And I really hope this is a lasting example because Big Sean is one of the better rappers in, in rap right now. And quite op- quite the opposite of what Takashi is. You know, like literally the quite opposite of that. Like like uh, Big Sean be quiet. He don't be saying nothing on social media and he, he don't talk. So I'm glad that in this case, it, it's shown that music is still important. And I'll say that to say, Takashi 69 fucking flopped. Okay, the nigga fucking flopped like a goddamn pancake with no yeast on it, dog. Just fucking just, you know, just. I don't even know if that was a good comparison. I was just going off the top. I, it's just, I don't even know if it works, but hey, fuck it, it works. Sounds right. The nigga flopped like a fucking stack of pancakes, all right? The nigga got 55,000 albums, y'all. Now let me just say, let me put this in perspective, okay? A week or two before the album release, mm-hmm. this man was tra- talking trash on Lil Durk. He, you know, he's been going back and forth with Lil Durk to yeah. boost his album. Mm-hmm. And in one of his rants, he brought up the fact that he only sold, I think it was fifty-seven thousand albums. And he called that a flop. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> it just worked out so perfectly. That's why in the world of social media, dog, just shut the fuck up and let the music do his talking. But we all know that's not going to happen. Oh, hell no. He's going to come up with something that he's going to want to say about the whole thing. And he's going to be like, I didn't really flop, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, he's the Donald Trump he's of hip hop right now. 
You know, he is. And he's already doing that, saying that he's been blackballed from every radio station and playlist and all kinds of shit like that. But my whole thing is, right, you did this to yourself. Like, you can't be mad at something bad happening to you if you caused that to happen. Like, it will be one thing if these radio stations had no legitimate reason to not want to fuck with you. But you got to understand that these radio stations cater to urban culture and people who live in certain, you know, places. And they're not going to want to hear this shit. So they're not going to play it. So you catch your blackballed if you're the reason that you're blackballed. No, I I 100% agree. Like, you can't, you, you dig a hole and you fall in the hole and you can't get out. That's your damn fault. It's on you. It's so, you, so I like you said, I don't feel sorry for the man at all. Honestly, I hope all the bad things in life happen to that man and to him alone. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, and these are, and it's because you know, and it's a couple things that I want to talk about the situation, right? Mm-hmm. One of them being that, obviously, you know, with all these uh, radio stations not wanting to fuck with uh, Six Nine, he has to do some kind of promo run. He has to, you know, yeah. some kind of promo run, like every artist does. I seen this nigga on Univision doing a Spanish fucking interview in Austin. And I was just mind blown, dog. Mind blown. I was like, no fucking way. And you know what's crazy? Hmm. The way Univision framed this, and this is why Takashi went on there. And and that just goes to show he's only going to places that are going to frame him to look like the, the victim in the situation. Because the way the news reporter was reporting it, it was like, oh, a lot of guys hate this guy, but he's really just gone through some shit, you know? And, and I was just like, come on, dog. So it, it, it's just funny that he has to go to fucking Univision. And not only that, he went on the fucking Logan Paul podcast or some shit. Logan Paul. Wow. Okay. This man is scraping. Scraping to get any kind of interview, right? And and you know how you know that? Because Joe, uh, Joe Budden, actually, I don't know if it was, it came up on YouTube today, so I'm guessing it came out like two or three days ago on uh, Spotify or whenever it was. Okay. But the point is he came out and, and pretty much said, yo, Takashi reached out to me to do an interview too. And he pretty much like, he was going back and like, I I, I don't, like, I don't like, why, 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 like, why, what does he want out of this? What does he want out of this? He's, oh, he just wants to tell people what really happened. And then he, he brought up a good point. The nigga went to court for this shit. There's nothing he could hide that wasn't already said in the court. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what? So, so you're just trying to manipulate people into giving you an interview at this point because nobody else will. And the same thing happened with, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but Gilly the Kid, he has a podcast as well, which everybody has one, I guess, nowadays. Yeah. But but uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying we've been at it since like 2016 or 15 yeah. or something like that. I'm 16, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're. <laughs> Nonetheless. Gilly the Kid got one, and he put up on this podcast. He, he actually played the, the audio. He left him a message. And uh, dog, 6 9 was doing all kinds of begging and pleading to give him an interview. And he just straight up on air told him, like, look, dog, I'm not going to do it. I don't stand for this shit. And we're not rocking with it. Damn. So it's just it's just same bullshit. Like, yo, it's, I'm telling you, man, like, we, we, we could work good together. I've always listened to your shit. I think you're really, you know, just a bunch of manipulative bullshit that mm-hmm. Takashi's so good at. But nonetheless, doing all of this, dog, reaching out left and right, hand out there, hand out here to sell 55,000 albums. Uh, God bless this situation. I'm, I'm so happy you. that Karma is stepping in, dog. <laughs> 
No, I agree with I'm you. But a... I mean, like you said, it makes it like you said, I Univision and Jake Paul's podcast or his video or YouTube, whatever that f- fucking shit is. But I mean, like the mm-hmm. big markets that you want to go and hit, you know, you're going to want to go hit Sway in the morning. You want to want to go and hit. um What's the nigga's name that I can't Hot stand? 97? Hot 97? Yeah, you're going to want to go hit um the two DJs up there. You're going to. uh What is it? um Funk Flex and um not Funk Flex. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ebro. Yeah, Ebro. And then um, it is, it, and then you and then the Breakfast Club and funk. yeah, funk, okay, Funk Flex and Ebro, and then you got the Breakfast Club. So it's just like there's yeah. all these major markets that you you know, most when you have an album coming out, these are the markets you want to go to because they're the most Every listened time. to. Even Big Boy is Big Boy still doing his radio station in uh his radio shit in Cali? I don't know because of the whole COVID thing. You know, yeah. I'm not sure what's what's going on and shit like that. But I mean, I would assume right before COVID, he was definitely doing. He has. Uh, Big Boy has some of the bigger interviews uh, of, of niggas that never did interviews. He had Thug on there. Yeah. Uh, you had Party. A lot of niggas that never really do interviews never really talk with, with the media. What's he the- is the West Coast Angie Martinez, where he just has that oh, yeah. that ability to get people to do interviews. Nobody gets Jay-Z yeah. interviews. Angie's got like five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and... I, I'll cover it later, but he was on her album when she did an album. So, like, you got pulled. Nah, they I'm got pulled. You, to she, do shit. you know what it is? I, she has like this, like kind of like a like a mom, like a loving. I don't know what it is with Angie Martinez, but I just feel like she makes people feel so comfortable talking to her. Yeah, yeah, it's the craziest thing. She gets a lot of people to say a lot of stuff that you would never have thought of, especially back in the day. Like she, she got them rappers to sing. It was hilarious, but it was like she's still a great interviewer to this day. Like I love listening to Angie interview people. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I feel like I feel like she definitely does a really good job at just what it normally wouldn't come out of them. So yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. Again, hope all the bad things happen to Six Nine. Don't don't really don't really care, and I hope that he doesn't give us any more reasons to have to speak on him. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Let's hope it's the last time we bring this nigga up in this fucking podcast. Let's hope somehow they reverse the Rico case on this nigga. He goes back to jail. Something, dog. Something needs to happen. Or niggas just run up on this nigga and do what they need to do. I'm just saying. Hey, let let the universe work its work itself out. Let the universe work. Hey, I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> All right. Well, Tory Lanez has finally come out and spoken and has given us his reasons for shooting Meg the Stallion. And his niggas, his reasons are gurish. Let's just say that they are gurish reasons. They don't make any fucking sense, even in him explaining it. Let me do, let me just say this right. I'm gonna say what we said before the, before we start recording. Yeah. Both of us, I'm positive, have gotten too drunk multiple times. I'm positive of that. Oh yeah. Both of us. Oh yeah. Now we might, we we may have gotten kicked out of a, a bar or a club. We may have maybe even gotten into a fist fight with a stranger. We may have thrown up in one of our friends' cars, but we have never shot somebody. Over being too drunk. <laughs> never is not in all of the days. Never, ever, ever has it happened. And it's just so crazy. It just speaks on more more on the fact that it but more so Tori's fucking little man syndrome of him feeling like he has to like I don't know if you um I don't know if we've talked about this, but I heard on on um on, on Adam 22 the no jumper joint mm-hmm. that uh I guess he did an interview with with uh with Tory Lanez a couple years ago. And that apparently during the interview, I guess his his bodyguard was like, "Yo, there's some people outside, like some 
like some little niggas outside standing around your car, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of just telling his security whom informed him of this, he was like, "Yo, let, let me get the, let me get the strap." So he took the security's gun and went out there to try to handle the situation himself. Now you could say this man is just has you know big balls and and don't give a fuck about no repercussion. But you also got to take into consideration that this nigga is a multi-millionaire. Yeah. And a celebrity. Yeah. He's all 5'2". <laughs> you know what I mean? Easily, so identif- just, easily identifiable. Just, easily identifiable, easily reachable, everything you want. So it just does not make any sense at all for him to go out there when he's literally paying the guy who came in and informed you about this to handle these situations. Mm-hmm. Now, that's it, that goes back to my point that he just he has that little man syndrome or or may I don't know maybe it doesn't have to do with his height but regardless of the fact he just has that that chip on his shoulder in all aspects of life yeah and this just goes to show that that's a terrible thing that to not have control of yeah it really is it really fucking is it's just you know sad. what I mean but Tory has actually himself came out and and spoke on a situation I think Meg is the one who actually. Release the the messages to, to TMZ, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I heard about it on the Breakfast Club. I just assumed that he came out and said it. I didn't actually see like a video of him like talking about it or anything. So maybe I should have investigated yeah. that a little further. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, like I said, it, again, it, it doesn't really justify it. Uh, I feel like it kind of makes things worse in in, in in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm just very curious to see how this shit's gonna turn out, dog. Like, like you know, we talked about it before. Is this nigga gonna have a career after this whole shit? Is he even gonna be allowed in the states? Is he gonna be a free man? Like, yeah. there's so much, there's so much to this that we just don't know yet because of the process of this shit. But I will tell you what, I feel like we're gonna find out sooner, you know, sooner and sooner we're gonna find little bits and uh, bits and pieces of, of what what really happened. Nah, I definitely agree with you because um, this is a story. I feel like at this point we gotta know what the hell happened. Like. The it has to be known was because these two are just too big artists, too big of an artist, too big of artist for something like this to happen, and it not to be some not not to know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like I I feel like it definitely didn't no, say that, that right, but you know, <laughs> nah, I understand what the fuck you meant. But and again, you know, maybe maybe not so much Tory, but the fact that the victim, you know, one of the most popular artists out right now, I feel like it, it was just like the absolute like yeah. There's just no saving from it. And it's, it's always going to be bad when it's a female that it happens to. But the fact that, like you said, she's up there. She's on top of the world right now. It's just kind of like, nigga, that's audacity right there. You had the audacity yeah. to shoot at Meg the Stallion. Like, and you thought that nothing was yeah. going to happen. Like, that's yeah. the definition of audacity. Like, Yeah. No, yeah. And, and the only thing that really I, I point towards or my mind point to, points towards and in relation to this, is the whole Chris Brown Rihanna thing? Like, bitch, nigga, you hit Rihanna, really? What? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like that. that was, I mean, you know me. I, I'm team. I'm team Navy. Rihanna Navy all day. Sure. But for that reason, I was just like, you bitch ass nigga. You had the shot to skeet up in Rihanna every night you wanted to. And you over here beat the joint, dog. Just beat her right before what in the award show or some shit, some yeah. crazy situation. Yeah, I think it. I, it like, wasn't the Grammys, but it was big. Was it? I really can't remember what it was. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember. But 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 I, but I, I say that to say though that Rihanna was. I, I, I want to say was at her, maybe not at her peak peak, but she was definitely a, a, a really famous and, and popular artist at the time. Oh, yeah. But equated to the same thing as, as Megastar. But again, like, <clears throat> after that happened to her, she then shot into the stratosphere and took her career straight yeah, up, yeah. took off. So this, I'm assuming, oh, yeah. is probably the exact same trajectory that Meg Thee Stallion will get but they both were already on that trajectory but it's like tragedy will always put you over that hump and I hate to say it but the world loves to see a tragic story and somebody went off that shit oh yeah and, and honestly it doesn't even matter if somebody wins off of it because I mean if it, it, I mean you know you know those the old uh Jada Kizine dead rapper better promotion yeah so it kind of goes with that too that like it, it even even like for example you know when when pop smoke passed away everybody was on his shit when 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 nipsey hustle passed away people who had never listened to a nipsey song in their life are a nip or whatever mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. right it 100 percent it, 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 it gives people like a, i guess they view you if they ever viewed you in a negative light, that goes out of the window because of this tragedy. And you know, rightfully so, you know, yeah. Meg did get shot uh, with no real reason, really. I feel like, you know, she does deserve all the sympathy and, and empathy that, you know, hopefully she's getting. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like, uh, like you said, people love to see tragedy. Kind of like you said, you know, people like to see a car crash happen or whatever, they'll turn into a car crash. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like this is another one of those situations where People are gonna want to rally, maybe even behind Meg, because she overcame everything that she had to overcome. You know, involving everything here. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Not just both of their careers. What happens? You know, rather Meg's, you know, skyrockets, or even though she is pretty high up there. Like they made a song with Cardi B, and they, you know, they're both one of the more, probably the two most popular uh, female artists out right now. True, and she did have a song with Beyonce. The, well, uh, the Savage uh, Remix. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like, there's no more. Like, you might be able to break the ceiling at that point. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can't think of many more artists that she could like be at the top of the game with than you if you up there with Beyonce. Like, exactly. no, exactly. And that's exactly. that's just it. Like, <laughs> and like it's like you said, Cardi B and her. Like, I feel like that Meg is literally a step below where Cardi is right now. Like this time next year, that's where Meg will be. And Cardi will be on to her next level. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and honestly, right, I'm going to be real with you. Dog. Honestly, I, I feel like both of them can really rap. I feel like even if, you know, Cardi might have a team that's writing for her, maybe, I don't know. But I feel like her, just her energy as she brings matches with Megs really well. And I feel like both of them together would make a vicious either mixtape, EP, album, whatever the hell it may be, project. You know, everybody calls everything a project nowadays. Basically. But, um, I... I I definitely, I definitely would like to hear that, and uh, I, I think that would be next with uh, with her just skyrocketing into whatever she's on. So I agree you know, with we'll, you. We'll I th- actually, I think that would be a really good look too. I, that would be a, an incredibly interesting album because their styles aren't so so different, but they are at the same time. But it, I feel like it's mostly just because of how they speak, like the draw which they speak. You get a very mm-hmm. New York spoke spoken word from right. Cardi. You get a very Texas spoken word from meg so they, but the styles work together because it's just like it's i don't know what it is about people from the south that they can rap with mad energy on a song and still sound chill as fuck but meg's got that andre 3000's got that big boys got it scarface got it it's incredible 
Oh, Pimp C, for, sh- for Pimp damn C. sure. For hell damn hell sure. Hell yeah. Even Bumby. Even Bumby. Mm-hmm. And I should, I give it to the niggas from Memphis because Juicy J is like that too. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Juicy J, even DJ Paul. Mm-hmm. Country Black is a, is a little bit more aggressive. I agree. I agree like shit. Yeah, being drunk is not a reason to go around shooting women. Uh, no, sir. Not- being drunk is not a reason to do a lot of things. But I would say shooting women, even if in the feet, that's like, that's got to be top two, baby. Like, it's like, no. got to be top two. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, things not to do. <laughs> exactly. Of oh, shit not to do. Like, it's top Bro. two. Especially, especially if she is popping people care about that that and especially if you're somebody whose career isn't anywhere near her level mm-hmm. you just have way more to lose <laughs> exactly than fucking she does though. like 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 she's like i said hopefully karma works out and her career takes off and whatever or more than it is now and you know i don't know we'll see what happens with toy but i don't know man. it's just it's just a fucked up situation and i don't know man I, i'm curious to see what'll happen yeah, we'll see. All right, now the last topic we're going to bring up today before we start a new little a segment on the show is Joe Budden goes to renegotiate his contract with Spotify for his podcast. Mm-hmm. And as you said before we got on the podcast, it has been proven many times over that Joe Budden is just not a great negotiator. <laughs> so they could not come to terms and the podcast will now not be on Spotify. I think like as of November or something like that. Is that what he said? October or something like that. It was like it was still weeks away. I think October. I think he. I think they said they had like six episodes left. Okay, so we don't know who's going to be hosting his job. I mean, it could just be on SoundCloud, and they could just pay for it and do it like we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, real shit. <laughs> hey, nobody come back from the streets, man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, the street team out there. I'm telling you. So in the backlash of this nigga doing this, and like I guess I don't know, losing or choosing not to accept whatever contract, Charlemagne comments on it on his podcast, saying that mm-hmm. like I don't really, re- I can't really remember what the fuck Charlemagne said. Do you remember what he said? I do remember. Uh, pretty much, he said something along on the lines of great negotiator that all the things that Joe was arguing about during his his rant on his podcast are all things that you should negotiate in your contract before you start, you know, your new contract. Oh, okay. And with the things that I was asking for, you know, holidays off, certain certain holidays off, uh, vacation time, I guess, compensation for ads, you know, things that, business shit, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. But essentially what, um, what Charlemagne was saying was that like, yo, that that just kind of shows that you, you have bad negotiating skills if you can't, if you can't fix that. So I don't know, man. It just yeah. One of one of the main things that like I guess I took from that right aside from and, and I took I took this because well, I came to this conclusion because of, of how Joe uh, reacted to it. And to my understanding, Joe and, and Charlemagne are pretty cool. Yeah, like they you know, talk like, often, according to Charlemagne. Exactly. So for that reason, right, I feel like certain things, especially when they involve finances with somebody that you know. It, it's certain things that you tell to that person personally. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel where I, where I feel that Charlamagne may have, you know, fucked up. I don't think he was wrong in what he said. But I just feel like this is something you tell your man personally 
and not out in public when it could fuck up his his negotiating skill or his negotiating ability because people will look at him like before he goes into a negotiation uh, situation people are going to look at him as oh joe you remember charlamagne said you're a shitty negotiator so we're going to come in and dick you you know what i mean so i feel like it already sets the the tone of how people are going to come to joe when it comes to these new deals and shit so i feel like it doesn't help joe at all these are kind of these are conversations that especially on a pool that charlamagne has at at the radio station he's at which is where the, where he said these things mm-hmm. no he so said he said, it, he said no, it on the podcast or did he say it on the radio too no, no he said he said it he definitely said it on um they they talked about it on fucking um on breakfast club but okay. even then even if he even if he said it on his podcast that just is more of a reason why i feel like yo like could have just not talked about this you could have reached out to joe like yo my nigga uh-uh, this and the third but that didn't happen and again i know charlamagne has is, is been somebody who never holds his tongue who says how he feels and that's one of the things that i feel like makes him a great uh radio personality however i feel like loyalty has to come into play at some point especially somebody you talk to somebody who you associate yourself with that's more than just a business associate which it seems like that's what they were before all this but that's the only real issue i have with what Charlemagne said to be honest the, the ins and outs of the deal that joe was trying to negotiate obviously because that's going to remain behind closed doors but i i don't know I, I still feel like again the only the only thing that Charlemagne did wrong is how he said what he said or just saying it to the public as, as well true but you know, it's the, it's the time of COVID, and in Charlemagne's own words, quite con- uh, quite consistently, content is king. So when you got COVID out here in the streets, and y'all ain't really got nothing to talk about, it's real easy to go into people that you normally wouldn't talk about their business on your show to go ahead and talk about your business, their business on your show. Because again, like he said, content is king. No, I agree. And again, the only thing I will say is I feel like it comes a certain time where you have to decide whether you're going to pick loyalty and connections, which I mean, you know, things of that nature and fucking content, which I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I, I like to think that if I was in that position that I would choose the loyalty of somebody, especially if it's how I think theirs is. Mm-hmm. Because let, let, let's be real, right? Like you could argue that Joe and Charlemagne are at least top three hip hop personalities right now. Yeah, I can, you agree, can argue. With that. I can agree with that. You you could you could argue at least or commentators is what I meant to say. Yeah, there you go. At least of of uh of the hip hop culture. I you I feel like you can't deny that they're, they're at least one one of the top three. And yeah, I, I just feel like it's kind of you're kind of pitting you're kind of forcing Joe to voice himself because he's in a big boy position, so he has to kind of defend himself. Yeah. So I feel like you're kind of forcing Joe to do what he did. You know what I mean? Sure. Because of the position he's in. If he was on a like on a lower position, I feel like maybe it wouldn't matter all that much. But because of Joe's position as because I feel like he's viewed as one of the more voices in the hip hop. And I feel like what, what what Charlamagne said is kind of a kind of a jab a little bit. So mm, I don't know. I do agree with you. I I really I, I agree that it could have just been a phone call. Like it could have been an email for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. Again, Charlemagne is known for opening his mouth and saying stuff that he shouldn't say. He's been better about it in the, like the last five, six years, but he's still deep down. He's still he's still Charlemagne. So no, for sure, for sure. And honestly, I haven't heard what he said in response to to Joe because I think you know Joe did respond to. Yeah, um, I haven't heard if he's responded yet either. But I'm sure I will next time I hear his podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about brilliant idiots? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to try to check that shit out too. Right. All right, well, let's go ahead and go on to a, a new segment we want to bring you guys. Uh, it's called First Listens. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and listen to some songs off of a couple of new albums that are coming out recently. And we're just going to give our take on how they sound so far and if it makes us actually want to check out the album. Essentially, like you said, you know, we're just going to couple couple tracks throughout the album. And yeah, just give our first reaction. And we're going to literally do it live. None of us have heard any of the songs that we're going to listen to right now mm-hmm. because of obviously copyright purposes we're gonna cut out the song and we're just gonna cut right to us giving our opinion on it but we will let you know what we're listening to before we start yes sir yes sir so sir mm-hmm. what would you like to start with because this came out today and because all the kids is on this shit man let's start with mr young boy okay, okay. start with let's start with number one called drug addiction a few moments later so so what do you think about the joint? First song, Drug Addiction, Top Young Boy. It's not that bad. It's got a pretty cool beat because it's like a guitar type thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I was really surprised by that. I thought it was going to be a little, like you know, a little, little harder, a little trap more. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. To, like, you see the little, you can see a little bit of the growth going on. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily one that would get me to listen. want to listen to the album though, because. Well, what do you think? Of the, of, the, of the different flows because I feel like he switched up his flows quite a quite a lot. He did, like, and I, I'll give it to him. That, uh, flow wise, it was it was it sounded pretty good. I mean, it's like I said, it's not a great song. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just not one that's gonna like as a first one to try and catch my eye. This wouldn't have been it. No, I agree. I feel like in the sense of energy wise, I feel like it's a little slow. It's a, it's a very mellow song. Uh, a lot of a lot of auto tune and, and the hook specifically. And then again, it is like kind of like a, a mellow out song, so I, I I can see I can see why you say that. So I agree. Though. I agree. I feel like this, this should have been a song maybe more towards the middle of the album. Yeah. Let's play my window, which is number seven, featuring Lil Wayne. A few minutes later. What do you think, man? Yo, that joint was fire. I'm not even going fake. Like that joint was hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> I fucked with that joint. Honestly, though, hey, when Wayne I when he it. Wayne murdered it in my opinion. Yo, Wayne killed that verse. He steadily got faster and faster. Yeah, oh, and, and he, dog, yeah, the flow was so hard on that joint. He was just riding the beat so nicely, dog. So oh. yeah, honestly, let me just say this: is, I know this this is premature what I'm about to say, but it's probably one of the better Wayne verses we've heard in a long time. In a long time. I, in a long time. I'm just saying, like as far as like uh, flows go, as far as what he's saying goes, because he was killing it. Yeah. He was killing- and I feel like I feel like Young Boy definitely. I think he did his his thing on here, but I just feel like Lil Wayne just capped it off at that with that second with that verse. Oh yeah, nah, like definitely Young Boy. I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. I mean, Young Boy. I said mm-hmm. an NBA. You know why? Because I um yeah, he is NBA. Stop. Yeah, smoking too much. <laughs> but yeah, Young Boy did his thing. And again, after the first verse, I was you know I was going along with his flow in the first verse because it was pretty good. And then on this one, I was just like, all right, cool. But then Wayne just kind of came in and eclipsed him and kind of went over it. So this is yeah. like, I, yeah, this is Jonas High. <laughs> nah, I agree. I agree. I, I think this is a really dope song. I also, I liked it from the jump because the beat, the, the beat in the background at the beginning was really, it, it captivated. I like, I like the beat a lot. So yeah. it definitely drew me into that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I definitely think this is a really hot track on here. I heard a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. They were saying this is one of the best songs in the joint. All right, so let's do a song called Sticks With Me. A few minutes later. Ooh, what do you think? Actually, I think he rocked that joint. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. I agree. I think. Uh. I think he. I think the hook was catchy, and even even the lyrics were catchy to me. Yeah. No. He did a great job on that joint, and he did a he did again showed the versatility, and how he can actually yeah. rap, and again. This is just growth for him because I listened to his last album and his last album was pretty good, and I, I'm mm-hmm. seeing nothing but growth, which I which I really really enjoy to see, especially in rappers these days because I feel like there's just a lot of rappers who don't kind of oh yeah they don't really grow in their craft they just kind of put out a lot of the same shit for sure for sure and um, especially with somebody like Youngboy who puts out so much music because I, I want to say this isn't even his first album or project of the year I want to say he's released at least one of them before this but um, that just goes to show that like you said his and everything done. I, I agree 100%. All right. So, so that was that was the three from, from the album top from NBA Youngboy. All right. So far, I think I think me and you both are are liking this album. I mean, I liked all, I liked all three songs. The last two more than the first one. Yeah. I think the same with you. Yep. All right, cool. So, um, might have yeah, to take so a look at that one later on down the line. We definitely, we might have to take a look at that. But um, let's go on to the next album that we're going to be looking into, which is the uh, Big Sean, the new Big Sean album, which is going to be number one ahead of Takashi. This thing. <laughs> it's called Detroit Two, right? Yeah, Detroit Two. Yep. Okay. You want to just go with the first song on this one? Yeah, it's always good to do that. All right, but but let's whenever you ready. All right, go ahead. A few moments later. So, what'd you think, man? I thought that was a perfect way to start an album. He came out there hard as shit, like just straight nah. rhymes, like riding the beat, just like Wayne Wayne was doing in one in that other um, young boy song. Like he killed that, and then he slowed down in the in the second verse and in the third verse, but he still gave you the bars. I was just like, yo, like. This is a way to open an album to make me want to say, okay, I'm definitely going to listen to this joint at least for the next three tracks to see what's up. And he's talking his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I love when a rapper talks his shit on the first track because that I feel like, especially when, when somebody like Big Sean, he's been away, I think, for a pretty good time. Like, we haven't really heard much from Big Sean in the last year or so. Yeah. So Why Would I Stop is a perfect song, concept, and title for the first song. And I feel like he killed it. I agree. I feel like the flow is crazy. From the jump all the way to the end, the switch up, everything was really nice. And I agree. I think this is the perfect, the perfect way to start an album. No question. All right, now let's let's do this. Let, let's do number three, which is Deep Reverence featuring Nipsey. Nipsey Hussle. Okay. A few moments later. That was a good track, Doug. And you yeah, could, that, was, that was that was deep. There was emotion yeah, was, in Nip's voice, Doug. There was a lot of emotion. Yeah, I agree, and, and and honestly, even in even in Big Sean's part of the song, I feel like very uh very deep, very personal. Uh, he touched on a lot of things that uh that touched him, including suicidal thoughts, and I guess I think him and and Janae Aiko, I guess losing the baby, so mm. uh, just a bunch of different things that I guess have been happening in his life that you know touched a personal part of his. So I I think it was a really good song, man, really good song. No, I agree with you. It was a very very good song. That was a great pick right there, Dang. These are all songs that you know I've heard people uh, suggest. At least some of them, the ones that I'm picking now. Okay. But um, yeah, I agree. I think it's a really good song. But fuck it, let's let's go on to uh, let's actually let me pick on... one. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Let me pick uh, "Guard Your Heart," and that's with Anderson Pack. A few moments later. I thought that joint was dope. Honestly, I thought that the beat, the sample was very well utilized in the beat. I think both Wale and Big Sean sounded incredibly good on it. Yeah. And yo, Anderson Pack was singing his fucking ass off. No, I agree. I agree. I, I honestly that, that was one of the things that I was gonna mention first was that uh, Anderson Pack's singing was fucking great. You know, I feel like it's only getting better as his career keeps going. And I just gotta say, I know this is a Big Sean album, but 
I really like that Anderson Pack has still, you know, floating because I feel like he's one of the most talented people in hip hop right now. To yeah, be completely honest. With you. For sure, for sure. So to, to see him, to see him having these great performances on these songs and, and big albums at that, I think that's a really good, uh, really good sign of, of his artistry. But no, overall, this song was great. Um, I think I think the Wale verse was a nice touch, just right after the Big Sean verse. So I feel like it was it was a really again very personal, deep song. Wale, you know, obviously talking about a lot of the things going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement and Yana Taylor, I believe was her name, and everybody else who, who passed away at the hands of police. It was a really good song, a, a needed song. Obviously, I feel like if you're if you're a rapper who, and both Big Sean and especially Wale, I feel like topics in their music a lot. So I feel like it was important for them to cover that in the shit. And I feel like they did a really good job. This is from Young M.A. from the new album, Red Flu. And let's go ahead and check out the first song, which is called Drip Set. A few minutes later. And I got that smile to make your bitch wet. (laughs) She said, and I got that smile to make your bitch wet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, she ain't lying. Bitches love Young M.A., dog. I'm telling you, dog. They love this bitch. They want to get fucked legitimately by Young and May. That's a fact. Yep. So what did you think of the song, bro? <sighs> um, so I wasn't really expecting something like this, to be honest, just because uh, I feel like what I've heard of Young and May after Ooh was more of like a kind of like a lyrical rapping more type of shit. Yeah. And I feel like this, this is definitely kind of more on the, on the, in a sense of like, it's more of like a, a hype party type of joint, I guess, like a whatever. To me, it was okay. It was okay. I wasn't overly impressed too much by the lyrics. I thought I was going to be, even though even though the, the last verse was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. But the first two wasn't. I wasn't all that impressed. I felt like the hook was a little lazy, to be honest. But it was okay. It was okay. I don't think it was a song that necessarily would rip me into listening to the rest of the album, to be honest. But I'm, I'm gonna say it was okay. All right, I agree with you, and I was kind of disappointed with it simply because from her last album, the intro track was so fire. Mm. Oh, her her story or yeah, something like that? or her her story in the making, whichever one it was. Yeah, like the intro track was straight fire. It was it was one of the best tracks of I want to say last year, whenever it was whenever it was released, or maybe the year before, yeah. whatever it was. So I was just utterly disappointed. Like you said, this it did get better as you went along. Like the, the longer the song played, the better it got. But the beginning of mm. it was kind of like okay, and like you said, the 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 chorus, is, the, the the hook is just lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, very yeah. and again. That, that, did, did, I'm gonna be real with you. This sounds like a song that took about 30 minutes to make. Yeah. I'm, I'm just being honest, just to be completely honest. And it's not saying that there isn't good parts, but it just feels like she probably could have done a way better job on this. It feels a little lazy. That's just what I would say about it. I agree. All right, uh, let's go ahead and check out the second jump. Number five, Savage Mode. A few minutes later. All right, what'd you think about that, John Dak? <sighs> a little better, a little better uh, than the first joint. However, I just feel like this song had like no real structure to it, if that makes any sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. Especially the second half of the song, it was just kind of like all over the place. There was, I, I will say this, there was a couple very clever lines in there that I like more than the first song, but I still feel like it feels a little lazy. I just don't feel the energy I feel like that I felt before in Young and May. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because, you know, she's paid now and got her bread and everything. I don't know. But I can't say that this is a song that I would want to listen to again. 
Yeah, this EP might be one uh, I, I might skip. It's only, I think, seven tracks long. So maybe I'll yeah, give it a spin yeah, yeah. since it's since it's short. But uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it, 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 I'm not excited for like I was for her last track. No, for sure. And, and again, I, I just feel like her rapping style is kind of boring on this joint, to be completely honest with you. And, and yeah, there's just nothing really captivating about this. There's a couple good lines in there, I will say. But other than that, there's, there's nothing really more that attracts me to the song. Comes back to it, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just say, again, it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it was a little bit better in the first song. I agree with you. Again, wasn't impressed. Like I like I said, I might listen to it simply because it's such a short EP. But yeah, just mm-hmm. not. I mean, after her last project, this is just a letdown. Like I'm, like just completely disappointed. No, I agree. I agree. Fuck it. Let's uh, you want to go with the last song on the on the 2020 vision. All right, let's do it. A few minutes later. Okay, so that was 2020 vision. And uh, yes. what'd you think? I will say that this is probably the best song that I, that we heard out of the three. Mm-hmm. I think her flow was on point here for the first time that we heard on the joint. And the, the bars were, were lit. I, I, I actually fuck with this one. I think the joint was all right. I, I think the joint was pretty cool. Um, the beat was tight. I think she wrote the beat how I'm expecting her to do it. And I think it was just really, a really dope, really dope song. I thought the I thought it was I thought the bar the bars were good. However, the the flow style was a little suspect in places for me, and it was kind of like it was almost yeah. like it was a bad freestyle. In parts, because it was just kind of like she'd be, she, yeah, she'd be rapping and then be like, and it's like, yeah, why? No, I, I will say that, but 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 what I will say though is that when she, I feel like when she was riding the beat, I feel like she was doing a really good job. The bars was there, but I do agree with you on that. It was a little like sloppy in certain areas. I will agree. I will yeah, agree. but again, like you said, when she she rode that beat fucking well when she was actually going at it. So I have to give it to her okay. for that one. That's definitely the best the best pick of the bunch for today. Now, nah. or at least from from her. Album. Yeah, from her album. All right, all right, man. So, you know, definitely we want to get more input from you guys on what you guys think of our new segment. Uh, definitely give us joints to listen to that you guys wanted to to give our first reaction to. As uh, just let us know what you guys think of the new segment, and if you uh, have any suggestions, we are all ears. Yes, 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 yes. All right, well, let's move on to the next joint. We're gonna go into petty of the week. <laughs> Sir, do you have a petty for this week? I do, man. And my petty of the week goes to my man, Trippy Red, who made not just one, but two videos of him just going like the most fucking childish laugh you could expect to hear from anybody. And it sucks because this is a grown man doing it to another grown man. <laughs> and, and it's petty because before before this whole shit happened with, with 6ix9ine, uh, him, him and uh, Trippy Red had like this ongoing beef. And... Ultimately, what what uh, Trippy Red's beef was that like, yo, my music is way better than yours. Like all this shit is a bunch of just smoking mirrors that you're presenting to people. And ultimately, my shit is gonna outlast your shit. So because it actually did, because Trippy Red's album actually sold a hundred and ten thousand first week, as opposed to six nine fifty five, he had every right to do the petty and just post a video of him laughing with a t- with him tagged to it. So I gotta get that to Trippy Red. But like that was perfect. I feel like he was waiting for this for a really long time. I felt like he knew it was going to come. And he finally struck when it hurt him the most, which is when it's out really. So <laughs> I, 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 got, I, got, I feel that right here in a good way. So thank I you, Trippy Red. I feel you on that. All right. Well, for my petty this week, I'm, I'm actually not in the realm of hip hop. 
I'm actually in the realm of R&B slash pop from girl okay. groups from the early 2000s. So <laughs> jump in the time machine with me, guys. <laughs> so for those that don't know or have never heard of them, there was once a group called 3LW. They had songs like Play Is Gonna Play and I Do and... Uh, or maybe that wasn't their song, but definitely Players Gonna Play was one of their biggest songs. And it was cons- the group consisted of Adrian Bailon, who now is on one of those talk shows. I think it's The Talk or The Real or some shit like that. Naturi Naughton, who is an actress right now on the TV show Power. And she also played Little Kim in the Notorious B.I.G. movie. And then there's Kaylee Williams, who's not really doing anything right now. <laughs> and likes to remind us that <laughs> when she starts to go in on people. So basically... There was one in this group, they had their hits, they had their time, but they also apparently had beef. And problems got so bad that a plate of KFC's chicken was thrown by Kaylee into <laughs> Natari's face. And this ended up breaking up the group and uh, ending 3LW as it was. So, with 3LW disbanded, Kaylee and Adrian left and became Cheetah Girls. And uh, Notori went about her business and then started her acting career. They didn't talk for a very long time. So then uh, a couple months ago, stuff came back up and Kaylee starts going online and talking mad stuff. Oh, it was because Adrian and uh, Notori, I think Notori was on Adrian's show. And they kind of buried the hatchet and was talking about stuff. And of course, Kaylee got online acting all salty, talking all type of shit. Well, Notori just had an interview, and in the interview, the the person asked her what you know about her time with 3LW, and she was like, "Well, you know about her time in the business." And she was like, "You know, I was in the business when I was a kid, and you know, one thing I have to say is that you just basically have to watch out who you trust, and blah blah blah." That was essentially the summation of it: just watch out who you trust, don't trust everybody. So right. she says this in her interview, and of course, who else but Miss Kaylee Williams? Almost <laughs> twenty years later, after the fact comes out and is talking smack on Instagram because you know you, oh you can only talk smack on Instagram these days of course and basically called her bitter talking about I can't believe that you're bringing this stuff up it's almost 20 years later you're just bitter blah blah blah, blah. and then post a look what looked like a hand-drawn carton or not carton but like you know round thing of I can't believe it's not butter yeah but yeah. instead of saying that it said I can't believe you're still bitter and I was like, yo, oh. at this point, this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> Notori, from what I have yo. been able to ascertain, she's pretty much past all the shit. People are asking her, so she's answering. And I just feel like, you know, maybe maybe Kaylee's upset that she's at home raising, you know, X amount of children, don't have a career no more, and the others are out here flourishing, you know? No, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that shit was hilarious that, like, you know, sometimes it's just better to just not say anything. It's like, at this point, what what, what was the other girl's name? Notori? Notori. Yeah, Notori is living in Kaylee's head rent-free, as they say. Yes. Rent-free. You're... Because she probably wasn't even... She was just talking in general of the situation. I don't think she ever mentioned it, did she? No, she didn't mention her name at all. She didn't even... I don't even think she mentioned the group's name. She just said, I was in a girl group back in the day basically ish happened blah 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 just watch who you trust pretty much pretty much she answered that as politically correct as you could possibly answer that and still got heat from this bitch <laughs> exactly so we're gonna go ahead and give that petty crown right on over to Kaylee oh and Kaylee had the I know you've, you probably don't I'm gonna show you the songs because if you listen to it you'll catch it now especially now that I'm gonna tell you but Kaylee has right. a lisp 
So on the songs where she, there's this one song on the song No More, um, she gets at the beginning, she starts singing, and she says, I know you're getting, t- I know I'm getting tired of your broken promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hey, hold on, hold on. Hold on. 3LW is the ones that sing No More. Yep, that's the song no I'm talking about. Yep, mm hmm. Listen to her because she's the one that starts the song. I know you're getting tired of your broken promises. promises. <laughs> <laughs> they put there was too many S's in that song for that girl. Y'all knew she had a lisp. Y'all oh, have... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna done. listen to that as soon as we get off. As soon as we get off, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Do you have an album suggestion for the people out here today? Yeah, 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 yes, I do. Uh, oh, my God. I told you, that's the that. Oh, my God. When my friend told me that, I was dying. I could never hear that song ever the same way again. Hey, let me guess. You probably didn't notice it at first. I didn't. Not at all. <laughs> all right, man, hold on. I'm suggesting this week, I'm going to go back to when I was a little, a little young in 2004. I was about 10 or 11 at the time. My man, Nelly with the album Sweat. I remember I got it as a birthday present on my 10th or 11th birthday. The second album I ever owned, the first one being Give It To Now, this joint right here, I don't know if I'm just recommending it based on nostalgic reasons. Nelly, uh, Sweat, does on here that rock. Obviously, Heart of, a, Heart of a Champion is obviously one of his, probably one of his more popular songs in general, but definitely one of the more popular songs on the album. Flap Your Wings, uh, there's a couple of drums on here. Uh, American Dream. Hold on, the flap your wings is uh, drop down and get your eagle on, right? That's that one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so y'all already know, y'all already know. Uh, there's a couple, there's a couple of drums on here. Obviously, you got a, a you know a couple, a good amount of features on here. Actually, I want to say a lot of features on here, probably more than we should have. But nonetheless, check the album out. I think it's a really good album. An album that I might suggest for album review. Just throwing that out there at certain points. Okay, okay. But um. But yeah, Nelly Sweat, which is the... I don't know if he released Sweat and Sue at the same time, but it was definitely one half of Sweat Sue. Yeah, I think I think so. it did come out at the same time, if if I remember correctly. I think so. But then again, yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not I, sure. But either way, yeah. either way, check out Sweat by Nelly. Get out, man. Get out. All right, all right. Now, I already brought up Angie Martinez, and I'm going to bring up her first album because she did have two albums, the radio host and expert interviewer of all hip-hop peoples. Her album from 2001, Up Close and Personal. Now, actually, this album is really good. It's like I feel like a lot of people don't know about it, but it's actually a low-key good album. Now, it is feature-heavy, but all the features (laughs) are good. So you've got um, DJ Clue and Prodigy. You've got Tony Sunshine. you got Wyclef Jean, Snoop Dogg, Busta Rhymes, Cuban Link and Tony. Basically the entire Terror Squad. You've got Mary J. Blige in La India. you got Styles P, Jada Kiss, and Beanie oh, Siegel, Jay-Z, Q-Tip, like Fat Joe. They're all on this album. Damn, that's, that's fucking, not only is it feature heavy, but it's, 
it's really good feature <laughs> yeah yeah now one of my favorite joints on here is live from the streets that's the joint with jada kiss styles p and beanie siegel on it that joint is it's like basically angie is literally like a dispatcher and she's just like sending you off to different parts and she's just like introducing here's what's his name and then they go in and kill it that i love that joint but when it comes to songs that actually she's rhyming on the most i gotta give it up to to heart and soul and i also have to give it up to go motherfucker and and no players they are all really really good songs i mean like no players is just like she, she, she says, I like, I want to find a nice man that like to fuck a lot. Like, <laughs> she all that type of shit. She like, you know, we can go to the right, park and just right. wear J's. We don't got to go to Mr. You know, Jimmy Choo. We don't got to wear Jimmy Choo's or eat at Mr. Chow's, blah, blah, blah. Uh, go motherfucker right, is, right, a, right. is a breakup joke where she basically just kicks this nigga out of her life. It's like, I can't believe I trusted you, blah, blah, blah. But it's like the, it's like the hard, go hard joke for her. The yeah, joke, yeah. The joke with Mary J and La India. Dad Joan is dope as fuck, dog. I think it's called Breathe. It's so sick. Shout out to La India, man. She's she's definitely a Spanish legend or Hispanic legend. I want to say that. And then Live at Jimmy's, y'all y'all know Live at Jimmy's. That's like a Latino classic. Yeah. I'm sitting at the fucking Spanish club when I'm in high school. Y'all niggas, or after high school, y'all niggas is playing Live at Jimmy's. I was like, how do y'all know about this song? <laughs> I was so no, shocked. Here. But every I'm Spanish here. person knows Live at Jimmy's. I give it to y'all. But yeah, no, it's um the whole album is like low-key good as shit. So definitely check out Angie Martinez, Up Close and Personal. I bet. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to tell the people before we get up out of here, bruh? Thank you for checking out, checking us out on the G Radio as well, and everywhere else where our podcast is transmitted. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Definitely check out uh, those two album reviews: the Pop Smoke, uh, Shoot for the Stars, and for the Moon, and the Brat, uh, Fuck the Five. Yep, got it right. Okay, cool. So definitely check those out if you haven't already. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got more album reviews coming on the way. Definitely stay tuned for that. Can we just say them right now what they are? Yes. Okay. All right, so just stay tuned. We're going to have Bone Thugs and Harmony, East 1999, and the new uh, Locks album, which came out, I believe, two weeks ago, Living Off Experience, which, by the way, is dope as fuck. I don't know if you've gotten into that yet. I did get to check it out. I did. It was dope, Doug. I fuck with it. Hey, 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 hold on. Real quick, real quick, real quick. What would you think of the uh, of the Afrobeat song? Have you, have you heard that joke yet? That joke was dope. Like, the whole album is sick, dog. Like, I was listening to it in the car, so I didn't get a chance to see what every song was called or, you know, who was, you know, who it was by or whatever. Yeah. But, yo, the whole album, I have to say, like, I was, I was pleasantly, I was, I can't even say pleasantly surprised. I was just happy. I was, I was content. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you know what it is, right, with, with the locks, and, and this is what makes me so happy to be a locks fan, like, I'm proud to be a locks fan, because these niggas find a way to make good music even at the later stage in their career and, and still and have that shit not sound corny but at the same time not sound dated and Sheik is on here sounding like a monster it's right hey dog I swear, swear I was thinking that the whole time I was like yo Sheik is probably having the better verses out of him in a lot of these joints yeah every, everything, I've, no. everything I was listening to I was like young Sheik is killing it I mean Sheik is good hey, but hey, Sheik I- is killing it Sheik sound like a young Sheik. Sheik sound like he's 25 rapping right now. I'm just saying, oh, dog. He's energized, baby. He was re- he came ready to play. I agree. I agree. So definitely stay tuned for those album reviews. We're going to hit you with a more in-depth review. Just give you a sneak peek at that. So definitely thank you for tuning in, y'all. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, y'all know y'all can find us on social media at HQ Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And yes, it is all spelled out. Um, Y'all can find us also for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartMedia, Spreaker, Stitcher, 
and Spotify. And you can go to Facebook.com and go to search us out as Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And yeah, and also, yes, check us out on Thursday nights, 7 p.m. on the G Radio. I just gotta say this. You just said you just said speaker and you were just talking about what's been saying with us. <laughs> Mispronunciation. Hey, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all again for listening. Yo, I'm gonna that shit right after you. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> All right, thank you all for listening again. We all again, we appreciate y'all for listening from us to everybody around the world, no matter if you're on the continent of Africa, if you're out in Asia, if you're in, in if you're in Europe, or if you're in South America, Latin America, or the Caribbean. We love everybody. We appreciate you guys. Australia too. I'm not forgetting y'all. Oceania, everybody. Hey. So hey, we thank you for rocking with us and we will catch y'all next time. Wash your hands, wash your ass, and stay safe. Peace. Peace.